if this is your first time with us, I guess it's important to catch you up. We've been, as a church, going through this time that we call recharge. We've taken three weeks and we said, okay, we're going to call pause on all our weekly activities. Uh, the training, the discipleship groups, and everything else that happens during the week. We're just going to say, okay, for a moment. And we're going to take that time and we're going to spend it with our families. And we're going to intentionally spend it with God. Why? Well, to recharge. Because this is the time of year where uh, kids get to go on holiday. But, but parents still have to work. You know? So we thought we'd give the parents off too. All right? All right somebody caught that joke. Uh, <laughs> all right? It's important for us to take a little moment and just reassess. And just go, because we don't do that often enough, do we? All right? We don't take a little moment for ourselves. So, how have you been doing? Have you taken a moment for yourself? Or is this like, oh man, I should have been here three weeks ago. You know, recharge, I needed that. Uh, if you want to catch up on the series, you can. Just go to our podcast and you can, you can listen in. But this morning is going to be a bit of a recap of what we've done, but... It's going to answer a very important question. It's going to answer why. Why recharge? Like, aren't we supposed to be like blessed going in and coming out? You know, the fortunate of the Lord, or I don't know what other Christian phrase people throw at it. In the series, we've looked at a few things. Firstly, we spoke around jumpstart. Now, if you've ever needed jumpstart, you know that's when the battery is completely flat. And for some of us, the power has drained. Life has left. It's just the shell standing up here, you know. Have you ever been there in your life? And we spoke through the fact that you can push that vehicle for all you want. That thing's not doing anything unless it gets a spark. And guess, unless it gets the spark of life. And in our lives, that spark of life is Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And then it's also important to figure out, hey, what has drained the life out of you? What, have, what has been left on? Did you forget the lights on? Did you forget the radio on? What influence did you forget on in your life? All right, What door did you leave open? And what crept in while you were leaving the door open? And we spoke through these things. The second week, we spoke on a charging system. It's important that, that we don't only give out, but we also receive. Because at some stage, you're going to run dry and you're going to be this empty shell if you only give, 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 and you don't receive. And we said that the greatest charging system the world has ever known resides inside a heart devoted to Jesus because he comes and he lives inside of us through his Holy Spirit. And, and as the word says in Acts 1 and verse 8, we, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He gives us that, that power so that we never run dry. But we realize that, hey, some of us has, has, never, has never received that. Some of us has, has never even known about that. And we prayed for you. And some of us said, ah, I prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I think I leak. And we prayed for you. 
And not that things are hunky-dory, but you know that you can rely on the Holy Spirit for everyday power. Then last week, we spoke on God's warning light. And his warning light is paying attention to his grace, his saving grace, his teaching grace, and his sustaining grace, pulling us through this life. We can rely on his grace, but we need to act on his grace to be taught by it, to be saved by it, to be sustained by it. So, once again, how have you been doing in getting this vehicle, this physical human vehicle, ready for the journey ahead? Are you, are you good for life? Uh, are you good till December? Uh, are you good till the MotoGP this afternoon? That's the question here, isn't it? It's, it's interesting, and we're going to keep this metaphor going around vehicles and cars and motorcycles. Around holiday time, dealerships always come up with this, this thing called a 20-point holiday check or a 40-point holiday check or a 60-point holiday check. It all depends on how fancy they try to be. Um, and they have their reasons for it. But, but we go for these because it's usually free because they know that once they have you in there, they're going to sell something to you. All right? But they, they, they invite you in for these free holiday checks. And, and why do we fall for it? Why, why, would, why, do we, why do we go and have our vehicles checked? Well, for peace of mind. You're going on holiday. You want to be sure that everything's up and running. Everything's in good order. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm the guy who's like, you know, let's just go. It'll all be fine. My wife, on the other hand, is the person... Who's like, did you see, did you see this free check that, um, that they're advertising? All right. Why? Because she needs peace of mind. And that's a good thing. All right, guys, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's also good for your marriage, I promise you. All right. It gets things ready for the road ahead. In life, for each and every one of us sitting here, God has given us certain spiritual checks to give us peace of mind for the road ahead, for everyday life. He's, um, he's given us these checks to get these vehicles ready. Now, these things are found, uh, unfortunately, not in the index of your Bible. If you have one of those, buy me one too. But I haven't found one of those Bibles yet. But we do find it as we, as we read the Bible. We, we find these commands, we find these, these things that God repeat over and over and over again. And I want to say that these spiritual checks for peace of mind is caught up in those repeated commands. Those repeated commands are fear not, over and over and over again. God tells us, fear not, fear not, fear not. The second one is obey. That one doesn't always sit so good with everybody, all right? The third one is rejoice or give thanks or praise God. And these, things, these three things are a common theme that run right through the Bible. Genesis right through Revelation, over and over and over again. Fear not, obey, 
Rejoice, give thanks, praise God. And we can use these checks in our personal lives to see if we are ready for the road ahead, for the journey ahead, to travel on with peace of mind. Now, let's jump straight into this first check for peace of mind. And it is fear not. Don't be afraid. Why does God say that? Because fear derails us daily. Fear rules the way we make decisions. Fear rules the way that, that we plan for the future. Fear rules so many things that it should have never even come close to. But we've allowed it in. And now it rules areas of our lives. And that's why God simply says, and I love the old King James here, fear not. And I think it's important that we fear not. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 8 says, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. We're back to our charging system. We're back to the Holy Spirit living inside of us. If we have the living God inside of us, why do we fear? Why do we live in this constant fear of what does the future hold? What's next? The question is, why do we... I like this. Everybody has faith. Even the people who profess they don't have faith have faith. Because if anybody has ever said to you that my, I, I don't believe in anything, ask them if they have any fears. And then next say, well, is that fear rational? And they'll go, well, I fear the future because the future is unknown. It's like, yes, congratulations. So you have faith in the fact that there is a tomorrow. Like, no, I don't have faith. What is this faith? I, I don't subscribe to faith. But we do. We all have faith that there's a tomorrow and there's a future. And the thing is, if you put your faith in the negative, you fear. But if you put your faith in God, there is hope. There is a future. And if that living God is residing inside of you, man, you have reason for hope. Our theme is take courage. It's be strong and take courage. We've been looking at it over and over and over again. We've, we've said in the beginning of the year that courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the presence of God in every situation. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is the presence of God in every situation. When Jesus uh, is speaking to his disciples in John 14, 15, and 16, he says to them, it's good that I go away because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, the Greek uses this word called the parakletos, the one who comes alongside and walks with you. He, he, it's also translated as the advocate, the comforter, the encourager that lives inside of you and me. And that's who God leaves with us. The Holy Spirit 
is God's constant presence in you and in me. I love Isaiah 43 that says, Listen to the Lord who created you. The one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So we have nothing to fear when God is always inside of us. I guess the question is still, is he inside of us? Have we allowed him in? And if we've allowed him in and we're like, hey, I'm running dry, have you sprung a leak? And should you be checking that? All right. And that's why the first check for peace of mind is fear not. Am I living in fear? Has fear crept in? Is it ruling my life? Check number two for our peace of mind, for this journey ahead. Check number two is obey. Like I said, this is not a popular one. All right? Oh, man, I have to keep the rules. Well, this is the thing with God. This is not so much keeping the rules. It is not being crammed or cramped into restrictive rights and regulations. It's not God governing your every move and, 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 and judging your every activity. But it is being mindful of what we spoke of in week one. If you've ever needed a jump start, you know that your battery ran dead for a reason. If I've ever needed a jump start in my life, in my spiritual life, in my walk with God, I know that something has drained me of all power. What is it? You see, God, when God says obey, he says, I don't want you to run dry. I don't, I don't want something influencing you. I don't want something left on in the background. It's going to suck the very life out of you. Why? Because I love you. And my heart is for you to have the best. But if you leave these things on, it's going to suck you dry. If you leave these doors open, it's going to suck you dry. And you should not be living there. It's as simple as this. When God challenges us, to close doors to things that drain us. It's not to be restrictive. It's not to go, I can, I can govern his every move. No. No, it's because he loves us enough to tell us the truth. All right. Ephesians 1 from verse 4 says the following. It says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. He decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Says, simply says this, that God wanted us to have relationship with him. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God liked the idea of you and me having relationship with him, of us living in this day and this age, not missing it by a minute. It gave him great pleasure to know that you're going to be here today. 
you're going to make certain decisions today and he's holding on to hope that you're going to make decisions that honor him because he knows that if you do that, you have the best chance at a hopeful future, at a joyous future. Continues to say this. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with his kindness, sorry, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God gives us wisdom. God gives us understanding. Why? So that he can cramp us in and, and put us between two lines? No. No. So that we have the best chance at life. It's not about rule keeping. It's about relationship. And that's the point. And you see, if, if our rule keeping is, is, is the reason that, that we think that we're, that we're gonna get to relationship, uh, it doesn't work. I, I, I can give my boy all the rules in the world. It's never gonna make him love me. I can love my boy and tell him, hey, if you jump on the bed, you might hit your head and then fall on your bum and then land on your head again and then we might not know each other anymore and that's a problem. So I, I don't want you to jump on the bed. My boy has stopped jumping on the bed. Why? Because I loved him. And then I laid out why I would have something rather not happen with him. It's still his choice to keep the rules or not. But what is best for him is not jumping on the bed. And, and God's rules, man, we go and read the Old Testament where we get just rules upon rules and rules upon rules. And Jesus comes and he says, no, it, let me tell you this. If you can keep to this, you'll do well. Love God and love those around you. If you can keep to that, you're safe. We can, we can look at the other things later. We can look at everything that comes with it later. But first, figure these out. Love God and love others. Because God's best is caught up in those two simple rules. Whenever we read the, the word obey, I don't want to say whenever, but oftentimes when we read the word obey in the Bible, it is followed by this little sentence, that it may go well with you. Obey, that it may go well with you. Do you see God's heart in this? It's not obey so that I can control you. It's not obey so that I can suck the fun out of life. It is obey because I love you. Because this way we get to have way more fun. And, 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 and this way you are much safer. All right. Like I said, obedience is never a prerequisite to relationship. Uh, obe like, relationship doesn't work that way. But obedience is the result of relationship. Second John 2, uh, Second John 1, because there's only one chapter, that's important, you know, no heresies from here. Second John 1 verse 6 says, 
Love means doing what God has commanded us. And he has commanded us to love one another, just as you have heard from the beginning. That's God's heart for us. Then we might live lives, lives in love, and love with him, and love with others. And automatically, you go and read all the rules that we have to keep, that so many people try to put people under. If we can live in love, we'll keep the rules. If we can live in love, we will have God's best for us over and over and over again. So obey God's word is the second check. If we're struggling with obeying, we know that something's wrong and we won't have peace of mind for the journey ahead. The third check for peace of mind for the journey ahead is praise God, rejoice in him, thank him. Why do we need to do that? Because if we recognize him actively at work in us and through us, through his grace on a daily basis, we can't help it. We spoke about it last week. We spoke about his grace saving us. We spoke about his grace teaching us. We spoke about his grace sustaining us on a daily basis. It's unmerited, undeserved, a gift of God, his grace saving us, teaching us, sustaining us for the rest of our lives. And there's reason to give thanks for that. There's reason to rejoice and praise him for that on a daily basis, isn't there? And if we're living lives that's ungrateful and angry at everything, then we have lost focus on the grace of God. We have lost focus on the gift that we have been given. And we're in trouble, aren't we? So that's why the third check is praise, rejoice, and give thanks. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So all we need to do in this moment is to respond to the gift that God has given us. Using my boy again as a, as a good example, it was his birthday this week. And a lot of people surprised him with things. And if you're six years old and somebody gives you something and you've run out of words, you've run out of words. And so it's important for your parents to remind you, you need to say thank you now. Give them a hug. And he's like, I just want to play with this. I don't care. Just leave me alone. I want to play. You know? And there was a few times that I had to remind him, hey, say thanks. And, and, and we lived that way. We was like, I just want to go on with my life. It's like, remember where that life comes from. Don't ever, ever, ever forget where that life comes from. The fact that it was a gift free to you and live in that gratefulness. Okay. Because that will give you peace of mind. I'm going to ask the band to come back up as we head to a close here. These checks are the repeated commands of God to give us peace of mind, to fear not, and to trust in His presence, to obey His word. Why? Because He has the best at heart for us in everything that we do. 
to thank him for who he is and what he has done. Because that's where our peace so often lies. When we recognize his grace in, all, in all, everything he has done for us. God wants us to take on this, this journey, this life without fear. To head on into eternity and, and, and not stress out about the daily things. He wants us to have peace of mind in everything. And I asked what seemed like a silly question in the beginning. But the question stays, how, how is this vehicle? How is this vehicle of yours doing? Are, are you ready to take on the next six months? Are you ready to take on the rest of your life? How are you doing on these checks? Are you like, no, no, no. Or are you like, tick, 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 I'm good. See you later. Because both are dangerous, let me be honest with you. Because sometimes we do have a bit of a, a dodgy look at ourselves, don't we? A bit of a wobbly idea of who we really are. The thing that will cause breakdowns on this journey is the one I started with, is fear. And 1 John 4.18 tells us that perfect love casts out fear. And that's God's heart for us, is that in his perfect love, because he is love, that's literally two verses before that, it says God is love. He wants to come in and cast out all fear inside of us. Now today, if, ye, if we live in fear, it's important to hand some stuff over, isn't it? Today, if we, if we want to obey God because we've heard the fact that He only has our best interests at heart, then it's important to hand certain things over, isn't it? And then today, if you've been, been living an ungrateful life, caught up in everything that you don't have, it might be time to hand certain things over, isn't it? The place where, where all of these checks start, I want to say the workshop that we get to go to, to have these checks done on us, is a relationship with Jesus. And that relationship starts with, with handing over the keys. That relationship with the dealership starts with, with saying, here you go, you have custody of my vehicle for the day. I want to say in life, it is us handing over the keys to the author of life and saying, have your way in me. Over and over again, have your way in me. That relationship starts by making him Lord, giving him control, and actively pursuing Jesus' will, God's will in us on a daily basis. It's not about being perfect. It's not about keeping the rules. But it's just about chasing after him. So this morning... I want to give you a simple answer to a difficult question. Hand it over.
And does that solve all your problems? No. But that is step one to living the life that God has for us. And every journey that we have been speaking of starts with step one. Without step one, there's no journey. And so today, if, if any of these checks have shown up in your life, I, I'm not going to make a show of this. I'm not going to say stand and show your hands and, and all that. I'm going to ask you to pray six simple words. And then I'm going to give you the opportunity afterwards to come up and just have a chat with us. To say, hey, I've taken step one. What's step two? And then we can go to step three and step four. And we can watch at some stage. You run this race with endurance and finish it well. Why? Because God is for you and he has your best at heart. And he wants you to live without fear. A life that just overflows with praise and goodness and care for him and those around you. That simple prayer is this. Jesus, I give you my life. And I'm going to give you a moment in a moment to pray that prayer. Keeping in mind that that is just step one. And if you're like, hey, wait, I've been like kilometers down this road and I've realized that I've taken the wrong exit. The way back on is simply this. Jesus, I give you my life. Does this reset you back to the start? No. It just gets us back onto the road that God has for us. It means moving turning away from what I have for me and onto what he has for me. Because if you've been around the block once or twice, you know that your plans for you are great for a little while. But ultimately, they tend to disappoint. I've never had a plan of God disappoint me. I've had people disappoint me. I've had things disappoint me. I've been very, very disappointed in myself. But God has never disappointed me. May we call out to dad today. How prophetic is that? May you call out to your father in heaven today. Let me lead you in this prayer. If this is you today, I want to repeat Six simple words. Jesus, I give you my life. And we'll pray you out of here. But you have a fantastic Sunday. But please, if you've prayed this prayer, come and speak to us. Don't leave it here. Don't get stuck at step one. There is so much more for you out there. So we bow our heads, and that's you. Repeat it just loud enough that you might hear it. Jesus, I give you my life. Father God, I thank you this morning that all over this place, people have handed over the keys to their vehicle, this human body, to you, Father God. And Lord, I thank you that this is step one to an awesome journey with you. 
And Lord, I thank you that you never disappoint. And Lord, I pray that you help them with the endurance to run this race and run it well, Father God. Lord, will you come and and in your wonderful, convicting, loving, awesome way, point out what doesn't belong and point out where to go. Lord, will you lead in wisdom and understanding each and every one of us, Father, that we might live lives that bring you honor and bring you glory because that's the life you created us for, Father. Lord, I thank you that that we can be strong and we can take courage because you are alive inside of us and we have a hope and a future because of that fact, Father God. I thank you for the reminder today. And I thank you that it's not just a reminder, but it will get us to live our lives in light of that fact every single day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. If, if you are visiting, don't forget about your free coffee. If you have a conversation to start with us, please come up here and have a talk with us. May you have a fantastic Sunday. May you have a fantastic week. God bless.